It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. This is Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas. We're joined by Pinker Sharples of ESPN 106.7 today. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Can't complain, Zachary. Sweet. That's good. That's good. I'm doing well. Doing very well. Awesome, man. Awesome. Uh, today's show brought to you by our friends at Fetch Me. Fetch Me Home Delivery. Use promo code FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. All right, Painter. I told you uh, I asked you to come on as a, uh, as a guest to judge and... Um, yeah, I guess to judge and, and figure out whose list was better between uh, Michael Pappas and me. It's another list show. I didn't tell you what the list was, though. Did I? Mm-hmm. I did not? No, you, you have not. Okay. All right. I hope you're nervous about it. I am. Uh, as you walk around the studio getting things ready. I love it. Um, all right. So uh, John Mark texted us uh, asking who are the most underrated players of the Malzahn era. He said Marcus Davis, Trey Williams, and Tony Stevens. But I... Um, I'm like, hey, let's just make this a two-part episode. We'll do uh, honorable mentions, and then 10 through 6 today, and then we'll do 5 through 1 uh, sometime later in the week or possibly early next week. But, um, yeah, so the list is exactly that. The most underrated players of the Malzahn era, him as a head coach. 2010 team does not count here. So 2013 and on, the most underrated players of the Gus Malzahn era. How many honorable mentions do you have, Michael? Uh, I have four, but just listening to the three guys that were on that that he said in his text, um, I don't think I did this right. So. Uh oh. Okay. Well, I, I mean, I was looking for guys that, I mean, I was looking for guys that I think are, are underrated in the general public, but I was not looking for guys who were that underrated. Okay. We'll see. We'll see what our list like, and you know, part of that is we, we've got to appeal to uh, to our judge, uh, Painter Sharp, is a VSB one six seven. So. Um, I've got five honorable mentions, and uh, you just want to kind of alternate? Sure. Okay. Uh, Cam Martin is one of mine. Um, you got him way too low. Way too low. Oh, yeah? Just absurdly too low. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think our list is going to be really different, by the too. way. Yeah. Uh, my first honorable mention is Sammy Coates. Um, he's a guy... Not underrated at all. Okay. I, I mean, his he's on my list because I think his 2013 season might be a top three or four receiving season in Auburn history. Oh my gosh, you've got stuff printed out and everything and highlighted? Yeah, I mean, this is just, play. this is just, it's the, the rushing records okay. and, and all, it's all the records. Uh, Sammy did not make my list because I feel like everyone thinks he's really good. In fact, I think some people think he's better than he actually was. So that's why he did not make yeah. my list. Yeah, that's why he's an honorable mention for okay, me. Okay, cool. Uh, I got Stephen Roberts, the safety. I think he was uh, an absolute stud while he was in Auburn. I think he was a big part of what the defensive backfield did while he was uh, he was in the rotation there, then eventually the starter. And so I, I think uh, he was underappreciated by a lot of Auburn fans. Uh, I'll go defense also. I got D Ford. Um, you're going to be like, oh, he's not underrated. He was a first-round draft pick. I agree. Okay. Um, the only reason he's on my list is I don't think that he is – thought of as well necessarily as he should be because he's the only player the only defensive player that Gus Malzahn has had as a head coach who is on any career defensive record list at Auburn um, if that makes sense I think it's ridiculous that he's on an underrated list I, he's it's, an, it's your list on, though he's an honorable okay. mention 
All right. All right. I just hope the judge is paying attention. I know he I is. D- I do understand where Michael's coming from because like he's the only one. You, well, also he was on a bad Auburn defense, and so like we have had this shift where our perception of Auburn defenses has changed in the last few years, and there have been a lot of good defensive linemen. So sometimes I think some names get lost in the shuffle. But do you think D four? No, I don't think he's okay. underrated. I I do think though that his name gets lost a little bit in the shuffle because Auburn has one done a good job of putting out linemen, and two, he played at the beginning of Malzahn's tenure, and so sure. I, again, no, I don't think he's underrated, but I, I, I understand. I understand why you would go that route. I think the best argument that I've got is that we did like two different lists of greatest players that uh, Gus Malzahn has had oh, as head coach no. and, and Zach forgot about him both times. Oh no. Oh wow. That is a good way. He, so he, is, you can he argue. is pulling a little bit of wool over your eyes there. You I, could, I, I feel like you coming. could argue that Zach himself underrates D Ford. They're, okay. There, this has turned fun. I'm happy about the way this D Ford went. This uh, D Ford conversation. Yeah. D Ford is always a very contentious topic uh, here on locked on Auburn. Are you being facetious? Uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, Dontavious Russell is another one of my honorable mentions. I think he was an absolute stud. But, I mean, his job was not um, was say, exciting. Are, is that position just generally, unless you're Aaron Donald, where it's like, yeah. oh, you just Or keep, Derek Brown. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, like where you're actually getting sacks regularly at the position. Right. Yeah, I mean, oh, he, should, should Derek Brown not be on my list? Um, please, no, he should not. Just kidding. Me. Okay, thank God. <laughs> I was like, he is the best Auburn defensive lineman ever. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, Dontavious Russell, and then you know oh, he's of course still in the league with the Jags. So, all right, what's uh, what's another one of yours? Uh, I've got uh, Quan Brace slash Greg Robinson. Uh, obviously, the package kind of <laughs> hurts them. Overall pick. The package hurts them in this case because Greg Robinson, you could argue, was a little overrated. Sure, uh, but Quan Bray appears on uh, many of the many of the career return records uh, for Auburn, and actually some of the receiving ones also. So. Um, uh, that's why they're an honorable mention. Okay. And obviously, I think that their stupidity has been underrated for, for many years. How about that? Wow. Uh, Sean Coleman, uh, tack on, you mentioned Greg Robinson. I'm going to mention Sean Coleman. Um, he's the guy that you've mentioned on other mm-hmm. lists before. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if he's on your list. Actually. He's not. He's not. That surprises me a little bit. Um, but yeah, Sean Coleman uh, didn't play as much as Auburn fans would have liked due to health concerns and all of that. So I think that kind of made him a little bit more underrated. But when he played, he was he was really, really good. Yeah, dude beat cancer while playing college football and That's now awesome. is in the NFL. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I've got the 2004 defensive backfield. Um, two of the guys caught seven interceptions that season. That's just ridiculous. 2004? Uh, wait. Malzahn wait, was not the sense. head coach yeah, 2014. Then. Okay. There we go. Gotcha. Sorry. waiting for Decade it. off. Though. I was like, Junior Rosegreen, baby. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm cool with it, but doesn't really qualify. Junior Rosegreen is also on that list. No, that, that wouldn't qualify. I wrote 2004, but it should be 14. Either That's way, fine. Get, I'm not that dumb. Uh, so we're going, is that Jonathan Jones? Yeah, are we, 14. Are we referencing Jonathan Jones right Yeah, here? Super Bowl champion Jonathan Jones. I thought that, Jermaine, I thought that your fancy. Thank you. Jermaine Whitehead and Jonathan Jones both caught six interceptions. Um the fifth most in a single season in Auburn football history. I did not put Jonathan Jones on my list um, because one, uh, I would be like a double homer in that situation, <laughs> and so I just wanted to kind of put put that Avoid away. That. Also, like I don't think he's underrated. I think he was very, very good at Auburn, and then the New England Patriots saw that, and he has been very, very good with New England. So I, I just uh, that's why I did not put him on my list. In case you're listening, Jonathan, we love you. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure he listens to the show. My final honorable mention is Jack Driscoll. This is kind of oh. one that's way too early to see, but I think he's going to be remembered very fondly uh, mm-hmm. at some point. Um, but yeah, I, I think right now he's definitely underappreciated and then it's kind of been seen as a steal uh, in, in the draft. And I think when he came in, he did a really, really solid job at tackle. It's just kind of other parts of the offensive line underperformed there. So I think um, I think Jack Driscoll was was underappreciated in his two years at Auburn. That's an interesting pick because he came in and wasn't fantastic, but he was you know he had strengths and uh, got drafted. And Auburn was good at pass protection. It's like the the reason I think that's perhaps even more important is think about what they might have done done without him. Right. And like how important that pickup for two years became. So that, that is a, a good pick, even though it's a more recent one. And, you know, as you mentioned, it culminated in him getting drafted. Are you done with honorable mentions? I have one more. Okay. Right. Uh, it's Ontario McCaleb because he doesn't qualify for the list uh, since he was not on the team when Gus was a head coach. Okay. Um, but he was when Gus was a coordinator. Uh, this was just something I noticed. Ontario McCaleb is eighth all time in yards from scrimmage with over 3,200, and he's 10th all time in rushing yards. Yeah. Um, that's something that I just had no idea and, and was really impressed. I mean, and so I printed out part of the 2019 media guide, and he's he's all over these record pages. And sure. I, uh, I was just kind of blown away. I didn't, I didn't realize that he was uh, that successful in his time at Auburn. And a career rushing average of 6.4 yards a touch. That's crazy. And uh, the, the year that he had Cam on his team and, and was more of a um, home run threat. Yes, right. Like he had more of a specific role. He averaged eight and a half yards a carry. <laughs> That's just the impact of Patriots quarterback um, Cam Newton. Um, all right, so you, you can't take into effect uh, his last answer. But uh, who do you think had the best honorable mentions? I am going to side with Zach here. I like where the D Ford conversation took us. I like that you guys get contentious. Mm. I see how <laughs> really just about D Ford. <laughs> I see how the, the the list came to be, but I'm going to say that for the practices of this exercise, I will side with Mr. Blackerby. Fantastic. We'll jump into uh, number ten in just a moment. But first, Michael, uh, you and I. Uh, I got a text from you Sunday afternoon. And mm-hmm. You're like, hey, you want to go to Frisky Whiskey with me? I did. That did happen. And I said yes. And um, Incredible decision. We realized about halfway through kind of you know going up and down the aisles of Frisky Whiskey, 10,000 square feet. I mean, it, awesome, awesome, awesome um, liquor store. But we, uh, we realized, we actually had this conversation out loud, Painter. We were like, all right, we have been selling this place short. Yeah, absolutely. We really have. Um, the, the biggest, I think, price difference that we saw was in, in the vodka aisle. Or the, or the beer. Oh yeah, def- okay. Yeah, or the beer. Um the the prices are just so much lower. I, I I can't stress that enough. I mean, Zach and I don't buy alcohol that often and just walking through the aisles we're both I don't know, every 3 or 4 steps like, "Huh, that is way yeah. cheaper." And we noticed it more on the uh the the more like popular items, you know, your your Tito's or your Jack Daniels or you know, you know, Captain Morgan. I mean, just your your stuff that you kind of have seen more often, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. So check out Frisky Whiskey. Um super quick drive when we got there in like 20 25 minutes and uh, we saved a ton of money. So be sure to check that out. Frisky Whiskey off of 85 exit 2 as soon as you uh, get into Georgia. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months 
or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Number 10. Painter, who uh, who do you want to give their number 10 first? Michael. All right. Uh, my number 10 is Darius Slayton. And I... Uh, I want to personally, I feel like I underrate him. Um, I think you'll recall Zach, especially, but other people might also going into uh, the football season last year. I was kind of like, well, he can't catch. So, you know, like, yeah, shout out to, yeah, yeah, sure. And then he just killed it in his rookie season. And I was like, okay, maybe I missed that. But I mean, he, he had for yards per reception, minimum 20 receptions, his 2017 season, he ranks fourth. Um, he really – he was like Sammy Coates light at Auburn, I feel like. Um, he ranks just below Sammy in most of these most of these numbers. He's actually 11th all-time in receiving yardage at Auburn, something I didn't know. Um, I would never have guessed that. But – yeah, so uh, shout out Darius Slayton. I think he's a, a little underrated. Considering you know the the offense he was in, that they don't, I don't know, they started passing the ball more over the last few years. But like he yeah. had a, he had a deep threat role, so it's like you're kind of hitting or missing on a lot of those throws, right? I uh, yeah, that's a great answer, and he did not make my list at all, and that is a really really good answer. Thank you. You're I feel welcome. like you're moved to tears right now, and it is fire. He had up. 79 career receptions. I mean, that's a pretty good number, like you said, especially for a guy who's mainly used as a deep threat. Um, yeah, so I've got Darius Slayton. Sweet. Number 10 for Mr. Zach. Uh, Marcus Davis. I'm staying on the wide receiver Sweet. route. And a, a big reason, I think, with Marcus is off-the-field stuff. I mean, you talk to some of the players that were younger than him. I mean, like, you know, we have a pretty good relationship with Ryan Davis, Painter, and he looks up to, to Marcus as well as that whole wide receiver room. They still keep in touch with him, and now he's kind of in the coaching ranks, and good for him. But, uh, yeah, a leader in the locker room, which I think was a big part of uh, Gus Malzahn's early success uh, when, when he was at Auburn or when you know in his Auburn tenure. 83 catches, so he had more career catches than, uh, than Darius Slayton did. Just keep that in mind, Painter, and more underrated. <laughs> um, also, eighth all-time in Auburn's uh, punt return average with a 9.76 yards per return. And so he's just a guy that I think a lot of people look back and think about. It's like, okay, yeah, Marcus Davis was was a guy in the offense, but you know, got hurt his senior year. I think he could have been a lot more. And I think that's kind of what people remember is like never really turned that corner. Um, but I think he did in the locker room, and I think he was a big deal as far as uh, helping Auburn get to where it is today, especially as uh, in the wide receiver room. So Marcus Davis is my number ten. His freshman season was electric. He had. Four catches on the game-winning drive that C.J. Uzoma caught against yeah. Mississippi State. Right. And then he had, like, with the sun in his eyes, that a 27-yard catch against A&M. So, yeah. oddly enough, as a freshman, he made some of his most clutch plays that he would his entire career. Yeah, 2013 does not happen if it was not for uh, for Marcus in Davis. In two different occasions, yeah. because they needed scores uh, quickly in both of those drives. All right, so, Painter, with all that being said, uh, which number 10 do you like more? Real big pregnant pause here. The judges are deliberating. I'm going to go with Zach, and yes! part of the reason that that I'm doing, I really considered, and Michael, a little inside baseball here. I obviously leaned heavy on Zach, and so for the sake of interest, I wanted to go with you. But 
we've talked a lot, at least on the lunch break. I think Justin has a bit of a crush on Darius. Uh, and, you know, I think also <laughs> Justin has defended him. And so when he turned out to have a good rookie season, maybe Justin felt vindicated. So I feel like I've heard a lot about Darius Slayton <laughs> in the last year, even if maybe it's just because I'm friends with Ferg. I knew I you know. had that one. I just knew it. And then he started giving the, the freshman argument. I'm like, oh. Oh, I got a chance a crease, here. A the, crease. I bet Michael's going to punch me when I, we're off in this no, podcast. No, 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 no. I think something about Darius Slate, like my image of Darius Slayton will always be incredibly skewed from when in the Tennessee game, and the his final State season, game. I'm sitting in the student section and – I don't whatever it is, 20 yards in front of me, right there on the sideline. He's got a ball from Jared Sidham. He's wide open, has a ball from Jared Sidham, hit his hands, and his hands hit his own helmet to be like, how did I drop that before the ball hit the ground? Like, he didn't think he was going to catch it when the ball was in the air. It was just – so my image of Darius Slayton will always be that That is bad. a painful highlight. Yeah, you uh, no, no question. All right, we'll get to number nine in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, my number nine, I'll go first on this one, if that's okay, Judge, since Please, Michael went first. And, um, my number nine is Robinson Therese. Play, oh. Played in 37 games for uh, for Gus Malzahn, was a stud in the middle of the field. He was kind of the first person to you know bring to life that hybrid role, that you know middle-of-the-field defensive back that can kind of play multiple different roles uh, in the defense and ultimately uh, ended up starting in the NFL for a stint with the Atlanta Falcons and you know, had that pick six against um, Ole Miss. And, you know, I loved every time he did something, you could say easy peasy Robinson Therese. I think that uh, that adds a lot. It's funny that you said that because I almost did my whole list solely based on people's names. Sure. I think that <laughs> would have been you, great. If you had done, if you had known that someone with as bad of ADHD as me was going to be judging, <laughs> would you have totally, like, it's like, I don't need this <laughs> list to be sensical. I need it to rhyme. That's what's going to do it for Painter. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so Robinson Therese, I think uh, I think he once again kind of laid the foundation. I mean, Auburn is is pumping out talented defensive backs, and I think Robinson Therese was kind of one of the first ones of uh, the Malzahn era. Oh, all right, I like. Uh, the way I think that you're. Went. I think you're both going to hate both okay. of my next two. Perfect. But Sweet. Like before I can't before wait. you freak out, okay, just let me say my piece. Yeah, okay? absolutely. I'm all about hearing people out. Free speech. <laughs> my number nine is Trey Mason. Okay, yeah, and I, know, I want to hear this. Okay, and I know that you're both going to be like... Wait, this oh, is the guy that was went to New York let, let, uh, to be no, a Heisman no, winner? We'll yep. get our snark in in a minute. This is Michael's time. Okay, uh-huh. This is Michael's time. Yeah, and I know you're both going to be like, what underrated... I don't think that we as a collective Auburn people realize how great, especially that 2013 season was. And so Trey Mason is sixth all-time in rushing yardage. Uh, he's fourth in rushing touchdowns, actually tied with Carryon Johnson for fourth. But his 2013 season is number one in yards, number one in touchdowns, number three in yards per game, and, and was the best single rushing season that Auburn has ever had. 
this going up against the likes of Bo Jackson, who was the number one overall pick, Brent Fullwood, who I believe was a number one overall pick. I mean, Ronnie Brown, Cadillac Williams, all these guys. And Trey Mason's 2013 rushing season was the best one in Auburn history statistically who's not high on that season who have you talked to i'm not, not high on that i'm not saying high on that i'm saying the best ever the in the history of auburn football there has not been a rushing season that was statistically equal to trey mason's in 2013 and when you add in well i guess you don't really add in anything because that's the only one that gus was the head coach for but i mean that one season is better than uh, a lot of running, a lot of other running backs that Gus has had had their entire careers, and, and we're talk. I mean, we talk about guys like Michael Dyer, Cam Petway, um, Peyton Barber, who had great seasons and went on to have NFL careers. And this one season from Trey Mason was better than those guys had in their entire like their career numbers. And, and yes, Trey Mason is very, very highly thought of. But I feel like he's always put into this group with Carryon Johnson and, and Cam Petway and Cameron Artis Payne as, you know, uh, one of Gus Malzahn's running backs that got to a thousand yards. I just during I, that I, streak, I just, and I'm shook right now. I am shook that I he is on this list. I think he made an admirable argument. I think that was when what was his yards per touch? Do you happen to have it in front of you? In particular, I'm curious to know 2013 because he had some games 2013 where he, he racked up a ton of yards, but like in the SEC championship, what do you have? 300 yards for 40 some odd carries, like 42 carries. Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, I'm sure the average was still good. I'm just curious to know. Yeah, he averaged 5.73 yards per carry. So yeah, really, that's crazy. Really good. He had that's one- crazy. But to say it was underrated, I mean, he was he was a Heisman finalist. I mean, what about that is underrated? Uh, I again, I, I feel like, like let's let's go to the judge. Okay, Painter. I really like the argument Michael's making because I understand the idea that uh, in a similar way to D Ford, you, and I do feel like his name can get lost in the shuffle a bit. In particular, because Kerryon Johnson became such a, a well liked, personable figure afterward and Auburn's had some really incredible running backs like Cadillac, Bo Jackson, Ronnie. It's like, you know, Rudy, you can go Mm -hmm. on and on and on. And even under Gus, they've had some good ones. Like Corey Grant is someone that has had a nice career in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Michael, please don't hate me. I'm siding with Zach. No, I I knew you guys weren't going to like it. I hate my next. I I can't wait to hear it. I understand the argument. And I think you actually, uh, brought me over more than I thought you would. So kudos uh, for whatever that means. I know right now it means very little. All right, let's just do one more. Uh, yeah, this conversation's gone longer than I expected. This is fun. This is fun. Um, all right, number eight. Who do you want to go first? Painter, who do you want to go first? Zach, please go first. Okay. My number eight is Angelo Blackson. Uh, I think he was a big part of the defensive line in 2013 and 2014. You mentioned D. Ford being on your honorable mention. D. Ford kind of got all the credit, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And Angelo Blackson was uh, he was kind of the um, the inside guy, you know, before Mon Adams and Carl Lawson, and you know, the inside guy before Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson. And I think each iteration's gotten a little bit better. But as far as paving the way and doing just enough in 13 and 14 to kind of help out the defensive front and really help D. Ford shine, as far as uh, helping him generate a pass rush, I think Angelo. Blackson was uh, was a big part of that, and I think he's a guy that a lot of Auburn fans forget about. 
You know, you, you, you talk about uh, a lot of the defensive linemen that have come through Auburn and played for Rodney Garner, and um, you know, Angelo Blackson's not really thought of, and so he was a big part of the defensive line early in Malzahn's tenure. So I'm going with Angelo Blackson at eight. Yeah, we did our list totally differently, but whatever. Um, my number eight. Again, you guys are going to hate it. Just a heads I up. I do not hate The argument you made for Trey I liked it. actually impressed me greatly. And when you get off the podcast, go on to my Twitter, check it out. You're going to like the poll I put up. So far, it is skewing towards you. So anyway, oh, wow. continue. Wow. We'll, we'll talk point. about that maybe on another edition of Locked on Auburn. Um, so my number eight is another guy similar to Trey Mason that I think that everyone. Uh, this isn't uh, Nick Marshall, is it? No. Okay. Although he is on my list, and I know you're like, oh, oh, how is he on your? We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. get there. But anyway, all right. Your number um, eight. My number eight is another guy that I feel like you know in the collective Auburn brain is a guy who everyone's like, oh yeah, he was really good, but doesn't really put together like how historically great the the guy actually was. Um, and the guy is Daniel Carlson. And I know that you guys are going to roll your eyes because he's a kicker, and obviously he was incredible, and everyone knows he was incredible. Daniel Carlson owns every kicking record at Auburn, every single one. <laughs> he is number one in every single thing. Most points kicking, most field goals made, field goal percentage, not, not punting, but most points kicking. Although his, he did do that. He yeah, tried, yeah. Most points kicking. His four seasons are four of the top six. Most field goals made, he owns the top three and number six. Um, field goal percentage, minimum 10 made, he, he's second behind Wes Byram's 2009 season where he only kicked 16 field goals. So, yeah, I, I know that this is another pick that you guys are like, yeah, everyone knows he's very good. but I don't hate this one at all. Daniel Carlson is the best player at his position that has ever been at Auburn University. My argument here is, you know, you, you, you kind of did this thing with, with me with D Ford a moment ago, but when we did our list of top players in the Malzahn era, he was your best player. You had him as your best player to play under Malzahn with Malzahn being a head coach at Auburn. Yeah, and you guys laughed me out of the off the mic. But it, I mean, but we agreed as far as like what he does, you know, per pound or you know what he does as far as his position, and I don't think there's any argument there. I don't know how underrated he is. But um, I don't hate this pick. I don't hate you putting it. I don't either. And I do wonder how many Auburn fans would know that he just pretty much owns every. Like I think most people, if you ask them, are going to think that guy was really consistent. And yeah. if they're pretty big fans, they're probably angry he didn't win the award at least one year. Right. Um, I do wonder. Do most fans recognize the, the what Michael pointed out? Which I don't is, know. That he's dominant in essentially every what right like every category it, that he every, can be yeah every single one I mean and he owns the total points record but every single kicking record the only one is um, single season field goal percentage he went twenty eight of thirty two for uh, about eighty eight percent and Byram's got him beat because he went fifteen of sixteen so what he, a, he almost doubled do you, yeah. do you have the total points scored. Uh, in yes. front of you? I'm just curious. I assume they're all kickers, but I always think that's kind of fun uh, to look no, at. No, they're actually they're not. not. Um, career scoring records. Um, okay, number one is Daniel Carlson, two is Wes Byram, three is John Vaughn. Those are all kickers. Right. But Cadillac is number four. Makes uh, sense. Bo Jackson's number five. He was good. Joe Cribbs yeah. is number 10. Okay. Um, and then a as you get a little bit deeper, there are other guys. Ontario McCaleb. I feel like was on there. I don't. I have it written down for someone else also. Okay, cool. But yeah, so 
That is uh, uh, Trey Mason is. I have him as tenth from a different from not the media guide, but he's very underrated. Kijo is thirteenth. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't I'm think just, I'm just giving you a hard time. Man. I don't think I'm just a I'm lot just of people would you. realize that they're, they're that high on the all time scoring yeah. list because, like you said, usually it's kickers. Will you read to me, please? Your the ones we've been through for you, and then Michael, we do the same. Just I'm, I'm trying to my ten nine eight. Mm-hmm. Marcus Davis ten. Robinson Therese nine, and Angelo Blackson is eight. Okay. Uh, Darius Slayton was my number ten. Number nine, Trey Mason. Number eight, Daniel Carlson. And who, who, which eight number eight do you like more? And we'll wrap up this episode, Painter. I'm going to go with Michael. I don't think the average Auburn fan knows that he is categorically that dominant. I think yeah, most no, Auburn a fans fun know that he's been consistently good and was like the starter for all four years. But this was fun. I, I feel like we got... You mind uh, joining us later this week yeah, to, like to judge that. again? Absolutely. Sweet. Where can people find you in here, you buddy? 11 to 1, the lunch break. Ferguson and me always... I don't know why I said Ferguson. Justin Ferguson and me have you covered there. Uh, if you like what it is you hear on Locked on Auburn, I think you will like our show. Agreed. Got you on the podcast. If you're local to Auburn, Opelika, you can hear it on 1067. Pappas? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackery. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram. We need a few more to break 300. That'd be awesome. On Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.